everyone. Welcome to episode 21 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B Thoughts. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. On today's show, we're talking about Brandmeier, Johnny B, the Hyper Rooster. So many names he's gone by over the years. He's a Chicago radio legend and probably the reason I'm doing this podcast today. There's an origin story for everybody and Johnny B is definitely a big part of mine and how I got interested in wanting to do any kind of broadcasting, any kind of this, sitting behind a microphone and entertaining, hopefully enlightening a little bit, making people laugh. It's the ultimate medium, and it really is a very cool thing that technology has gotten to the place to where you don't actually have to go get a gig on a radio station. You don't actually have to... Uh, do something set in stone for a low amount of money, which most DJs get, except for the few big guys. Uh, but it's really cool to have an outlet to get the kind of shows that I'd like to do out to you, the listener. And I am very appreciative that you're here. A uh, couple little housekeeping things. We do have a Random Thoughts Twitter now. I got around this whole uh, setting up a new account, which can be a real pain in the ass right now for Twitter. Uh, by repurposing an old account, since you can rename them, one of my old podcasts, Man Cave Confidential, which we may re resurrect at some point with our good buddy FJ Shark. But we've taken that Twitter account and we have now renamed that to Random Podcast, which again, R-A-N-D-U-M-B Podcast, since Random Thoughts was already taken, but the guy hasn't posted since 2011. So maybe Twitter, maybe you want to do something about that too, because that's going to just live there forever. And it's completely a, a wasted account that I would like to use, but I don't want to complain about that. We're talking today again about Jonathan Brandmeier. And one of the reasons I wanted to talk about Johnny B, well, there's two reasons. One, we've heard from a few people who have been listening to our podcast. And again, thank you for listening. But we've heard from a couple of people who have asked if I have done professional radio. And the answer is no, except for one day on Chicago's mighty WLUP when I went in and did one radio, one uh, sports segment with the great Jonathan Brandmeier, and that's Johnny B. That's the guy we're talking about. The other reason is he is a not well-known, but if you're a No Agenda listener and if you're listening to us on the No Agenda stream, which is noagendastream.com, if you're listening to us on that stream, you know what the No Agenda show is. And if you're not listening to it, us on the stream and you're not a No Agenda listener, I know we've talked about the No Agenda podcast. And Jonathan Brandmeier's voice is very well known to listeners of the No Agenda show, but they don't know it. Actually, Adam, Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak that do the show really have no clue because I asked them... Uh, last year or so, if they knew who did this little soundbite that is used in each and every show and where the origin of these names came from, and they did not. But I can tell you from being a 13-year-old kid listening to Johnny B morning after morning, getting up early, putting cassette tapes in to tape the show so I can catch it later, all these things, I know what Johnny B sounds like. And for you No Agenda listeners, you'll know the voice because this is Johnny B. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. The voice you hear saying it's Crackpot and Buzzkill, that's Jonathan Brandmeier. And the interesting thing is Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak have become synonymous with those names 
Crackpot and Buzzkill. It's on the artwork for their shows. It's now a necessity to have that as their nickname so people can't change those around. So that's their brand, kind of, the Crackpot and Buzzkill. But in the reality, where that clip came from, this wasn't a voiceover done for the show. The original Crackpot, Jonathan Brandmeier, and the original Buzzkill was his longtime newsman, another Chicago radio legend in his own right, Buzz Killman. Get it? The Buzzkill. So you had Crackpot and the Buzzkill, Johnny B. Buzzkillman. It's now Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak. So there's that connection with Chicago radio legend Jonathan Brandmeier and the No Agenda Show. And the guys that are doing the show didn't even know it. Most of the listeners didn't even know it. I have yet to run into anybody that did. So hopefully if you're listening on the No Agenda stream, you now know that the guy that says Crackpot and Buzzkill, that's Jonathan Brandmeier. Now, Brandmeier started in Chicago in 1983, so I was in junior high and just starting to get into this whole radio thing. Back then, radio was still a thing. We didn't have the internet, believe it or not, so you had to get your entertainment in a slightly different way. And Brandmeier came onto the scene and changed the way Chicago radio, the landscape, completely in the way he did his morning shows. It was a different kind of thing. It wasn't really a, you know, morning zoo. It was a little bit more intelligent, but it was also some absolute insane bits that he had done. And I'm very surprised at the lack of audio bits from the early days that are out there because I was looking for a couple of bits that I've remembered over the decades that I wanted to play, you know, bits that really stuck with me things that made me just laugh out loud and occasionally made you almost wreck your car because Johnny was a morning drive kind of guy. So whether I was driving to uh, high school, college, work, those kind of things, Johnny was always there. And I appreciated the comedy. And he was a guy that did a lot of things differently than other disc jockeys at the time. He was really big into making phone calls to people, you know, just asking weird things, saying weird things, but not jerky boy style, uh, a little bit kind of a different thing. Like I remember once he had a guy believing that he was, because people would help him out with these bits. They would, they would suggest things that he might do to people that they, you know, that they knew that they thought would be funny. Like calling a guy, convincing him you were from the, the dock down in Chicago where his boat was stored and, and convincing him his boat was destroyed. These kind of things that, you know, really were worthy of a chuckle as long as you weren't on the wrong end of these kind of things. But my one big break into radio, this is how this happened. And really, if you're going to do five minutes and have a five minute radio career, I can't think of a better guy to do it alongside of than Jonathan Brandmeier down at the Hancock Center in beautiful Chicago, Illinois, on the behemoth that was WLUP at the time, both on AM 1000 and FM 97.9, lots and lots of listeners. Johnny B was big in the day. He even had his own TV show for a while. He had his own band that would sell out the the barns, you know, the, the places that fit 15, 18,000. He was selling them out. So it was it was a Jonathan Brandmeier era in Chicago, a Jonathan Brandmeier spectacular, if you will. And he was a little bit different than the guys like Steve Dahl, who's another Chicago radio legend who's still around. He's doing podcasting now. Uh, Brandmeier was podcasting for a while. He's disappeared now, right now off the uh, off the scene since like 2017. But uh, he was elected to the Radio Hall of Fame last year, and it is a honor that is well-deserved. 
And uh, one of the articles I saw around the time that he went into the Hall of Fame, uh, I pulled out a, you know, there were a couple of quotes from him. And he's a guy that I think has a lot to say about uh, radio, but also things that really uh, follow over into podcasting and things like that for people like me who are doing a show. And there's a lot of people that are podcasting right now. And one of the things that Johnny B was very animate about, and this was something that he fought along the way because he had his own style and people at the time, and people who wanted you to play music and shut the hell up. And that really wasn't what he was good at. So he really helped create the whole style of talk radio comedy that kind of came uh, after him. And one of the things that he talked about was saying, if you're not curious about it, or if you don't care about it, don't talk about it. The audience knows. So if you don't want to, if you're not interested in a subject, don't do a podcast, don't do a radio show, don't come out talking about something because the audience isn't a bunch of morons. And they're going to pick up on the fact that either you like what you're talking about or you don't. And I don't think anybody really wants to listen to somebody who doesn't enjoy what they're talking about, doesn't have a passion for what they're talking about. I don't think they really are going to be that engaged as opposed to somebody who is into into what they're talking about. But so my one on-air experience with Johnny B was going in and there was, I don't remember how I won this because I won a few things over the years on WLUP. And I remember that they were looking for somebody, you know, they did three or four, whatever the hours he was on. They did that many sports casts in the day. Their sportscaster guy, Bruce Wolf at the time, wasn't going to be there. So it was kind of like, well, we don't want to bring a professional in. So, hey, let's get listeners in. We'll take we'll take three listeners, four listeners, whatever it was, and each one can do one of the one of the hours with the news and sports, and they can just come in and read the sports because you know sports guys, you can pretty much replace them, I guess. So I went in, one did that, and it was really a uh, it was really a surreal thing. I mean, doing a podcast is one thing because I'm talking into a microphone, and when you start a podcast. Your friends maybe will hear about it, your family, but usually, you know, there's like a handful of like three people that are going to hear it. So the pressure level, even though you may put some on yourself because you want to do a good show and you want to be entertaining, you know, you're putting that pressure on yourself because you're not getting out in front of a big audience and saying anything. So, you know, the pressure should be fairly low and that way you can kind of get your feet wet when it comes to, uh, you know, finding your style, finding the way you want to do things, you know, finding your voice. Well, in this case, my one time on the air was with a massive behemoth station next to a very popular DJ, and he made me very comfortable. It was very fun, and it was one of those things to where, I, you know, you kind of, up until the point that I walked into the studio, you know, you're kind of telling yourself, like, hey, don't, don't come off like a moron. Don't swear. Don't say anything stupid. You know, I hope you can read, you know, and not stumble over the words, because, you know, you know... There's literally millions of people listening, and I did quite well. Unfortunately, I had a tape, I believe, at some point of the show that got lost in the translation, moving around. If I ever come across it, I will uh, I'll post that, not that anybody really cares. But it was one of those things to where the minute that I sat down in the studio across the console from Johnny B, and with the microphone sitting there, it was a complete calm. So it's really one of the best... First times that I really kind of sat down and went, you know, hey, I'd like to do this. You know, I'd like to do this 
professionally, but then I've heard from a couple of people that had friends that worked in the industry that were, you know, the nighttime DJs at smaller stations here in Chicago and the yearly salary at the time was like, you know, 17 grand. So it was like, well, okay, this isn't going to be a viable way to make money, but it's something that I have always been interested in. And I really enjoyed going in, uh, was working at the time, but my boss didn't mind the whole going in to talk on Johnny B show to do the sports because Brandmeyer being a true professional, you know, Hey, what do you do? Well, here's where I work. Well, you shouldn't you be there now? Yes. Well, where, where is it you work again? You know, ask me a couple of times. So I was able to give the plug for the, uh, the carpet store that I was working for at the time, working retail because everybody loves retail was able to give that information out a couple of times. My boss's buddies all heard it, help business. It was great. Now, free advertising, and that all worked. Now, I have another connection with Johnny B, and that is one of the reasons why, not really one of the, this is, this is trying to sound like very over-inflating my ego, which is something that people you know tend to do, because again, we talked about that in bias and stuff. When people tell stories, they always want to make themselves sound more grandiose and more important, and I'm not intending to do that here. Uh, but one of the big things that happened in Brandmeier's career was he was a guy that didn't really want for the longest time to go into syndication. He believed his show really only worked on the Chicago level because he was talking about Chicago things. This was, you know, it's a city of multi, multi-million people. So there's, there's quite a few listeners here and it's, a, you know, one of the biggest markets in the country. And he didn't feel like he should have to uh, make a show that would be interesting to people in Los Angeles and New York and Chicago and everywhere in between. He wanted to be the guy that was specifically aiming his show at the Chicago market. But he originally started his career in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. So he's a he's a cheesehead, a Wisconsin boy, did a little Fondy, went over to Milwaukee. And then his big break came when he went to KZZP in Arizona. And he was in Arizona for a couple of years before he was hired at the loop here in 1983. So after he got fairly big, they wanted to syndicate and they, there was still interest in him. People still remembered him from his KZZP in Arizona days. So they put him on the air in Arizona. And this was in the, uh, in the nineties sometime I was looking for this and this is also hard to find this information. It's like, there's this history that just completely disappeared that all happened before we had computers and all the news stories were all archived and easy to search via your favorite search engine, whether you're Googling or binging. Um, but he wanted to get off the, he, he was the syndication started. It was only Chicago and in Phoenix and Phoenix was getting mad because he wouldn't Phoenix up the show. He was still doing the Chicago show and Phoenix is like, Hey, we got listeners here. Talk about, you know, things that our guys elicit, you know, that our local residents will be interested beyond, you know, what's happening in Chicago weather, what's happening in Chicago sports and all this. And Johnny just didn't want to change. He just didn't want to bend. And there were some things that he was doing on the show because Johnny got a little bit risque at times and he liked to, you know, he liked to be, you know, funny. He liked to be a little bit more outrageous. Things that maybe wouldn't be as acceptable in this new era of Me Too and all this kind of other stuff. But there was a, uh, it came down to a head in Arizona. And the day that they pulled the plug on Johnny B, and this literally happened mid-show, you know, Johnny had been warned about some of the content and the types of things that the station director in Phoenix didn't like. 
And he wasn't shy at the time about calling the station director out. You could tell if you knew what was going on. If you were watching this from home, you could still tell Johnny was trying to get fired from the from the gig in Phoenix. He wanted to get out of that contract. He wanted to be off the air in Phoenix. Well, there had been a thing that I had found. This was early in the internet. I mean, this is going back uh, right about the time, you know, I was married. So, I mean, this is going back over 20 years. This is in the very early days of the internet. I came across a website that had multiple pages of printed out. I mean, this was probably like 20, 18 to 20 pages printed of euphemisms for masturbation. I saw this on the internet, and the first thing I thought of is, <laughs> Johnny will love this. So I sent this into Brandmeier, and sure enough, I mean, this was back in the days where you couldn't send an email. They didn't have an email. The radio station didn't have an email. He didn't have an email, but they had a fax number. So we faxed this from my job to the studio, and sure enough, knowing Johnny's mentality, knowing his sense of humor, he really enjoyed the the uh, multiple pages of the euphemisms for masturbation. And I mean, it, there were some funny ones in there, I have to admit. But this is what was going on when they finally pulled the plug. He was going down the list of the terms for masturbation, both male and female. This was a well-rounded bit. This was a lot of content that I had found on the internet and sent over to him. But that was the straw that broke the back when he was pulled off of KCCP in Phoenix. So I kind of felt like I had a little something to do. You know, I mean, this was, okay, it was for Johnny, a big deal. He wanted to get off, but I kind of felt like, hey, I helped. I did something. I provided something. I mean, I didn't come up with the terms, but I was just a producer providing him with some content that he can use. And this was before I went in to do the, uh, to do the uh, sports with him. And this was years later. And when I told him I was the guy that had sent those in, I mean, he knew immediately and just kind of laughed. And, uh, you know, we had a good chuckle about what the end result of all of that was. And then I went on my merry way. But that's my personal stories with Johnny B. It was it was really cool getting to go into the studio and see how the whole radio thing worked. And it was really cool to uh, to be a part of that exodus from his uh, Phoenix gig by using some content that I had provided. Now, there are a few bits that he has done that still stick with me today, and I think the best one is revolving around a bit that came because of the Joe Pesci movie, I believe it was, uh, Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag, where the whole bit was, you know, there were heads in a duffel bag. And to promote the movie, these heads looked very, very realistic. So to promote the movie, the somebody from the movie came into the studio to Johnny's. They were talking about the movie. They gave him one of these bags with what looked like a severed human head in it. And I remember driving along, listening to this bit, and, and just one of these things to where you hear what the plan is, and you can kind of picture it, what's going to happen in your head. And this, what actually ended up happening was, was far more entertaining than I ever even imagined possible. So Johnny gets this bag with the duffel bag with the human head look, you know, severed head in the bag. He goes down onto the street. 
he gets into a cab. So Chicago cabbie picks him up driving along downtown. Johnny gets onto his cell phone and he's on the air, of course. And the cabbie doesn't know this. He doesn't know who he is. And Johnny's sitting there going, yeah, yeah, it's done. You don't believe me? No, no, it's done. And he's like, the cabbie, he's like, he's looking at the cabbie, he's kind of like looking at him, he says, and he goes to the cabbie, he's like, hey, look, tell him, tell him what's in the bag. And he opens up the bag, the cabbie looks in the bag, sees what looks to be a severed head in a duffel bag in the crazy guy in the back of his cab, downtown Chicago, the cabbie stops at a light and run, <laughs> gets out of the car and freaking bolts while Johnny is sitting in the cab going, holy shit, wait, uh, get, wait. He tries calling after the guy to tell him that it's a bit, to tell him that it's a joke, but this cab driver is absolutely scared out of his wits and is, is bailed on his cab downtown Chicago, bailed out of the cab and ran down the street <laughs> leaving the cab and Johnny in the back seat. It was one of the funniest bits that I have ever heard on, and really on any kind of format, whether it be radio, TV, podcast, you know, the theater of the mind here, just imagining the look of terror on this cab driver's face when Johnny shows him what's in the bag. So he thinks, obviously, this guy's this guy's mobbed up, right? He's just done a hit, telling the no, no, this is done. It, it's done. The job's done. It's, it's taken care of. Showing him the head. Guy freaks out. Just absolutely freaking hilarious. Great radio. And those were the kind of bits that, I mean, there that, that wasn't every day, but these were the kind of bits that stuck with you, that kept you entertained in a way that really most radio doesn't anymore. And his style's a little bit different. My style's kind of a mix mash of a bunch of different things because I don't do the you know, the morning shock, and he really wasn't a shock jock. I mean, I guess you can put him in that same kind of a vein, but it was one of those things to where it was, you know, a lot of playoff of listeners and callers and that, which of course we don't do. I mean, at some point maybe, but you know, we have a little bit of a mashup of different styles. I do also like Steve Dahl, who is another Chicago guy who is uh, very laid back and conversational uh, a little bit more on the mellow side, and I think I'm a little bit more high-strung. One of the nicknames Brandmeier had back in the day was the Hyper Rooster. And, I mean, I definitely saw that when I went into the studio as well. He was He's just a guy that has so much energy that it came through that he was, you know, basically bouncing off walls all the time. And this was his way to kind of work through that. So the Hyper Rooster name really fit him. So that's always something I'm kind of thinking when doing podcasts, is to have that little bit of that hyper rooster in, because you know that enter the excitement, the uh, the energy makes a difference to where you know we've all heard the you know Steve Dahl is more not quite NPR, but we've all heard that other side of the spectrum in the NPR guys to when you know you're doing whether they're doing a podcast or radio to where it's like, well on today's show we're going to be talking about exactly what it means to be a Chicagoite. You know, I mean, these kind of things, no no energy at all, and they just don't grab you. Where Brandmeier, he had the energy, he had the intelligence. I mean, it wasn't a, it wasn't a 
highbrow show in, in any way, shape, or form when you're especially bringing, you know, severed heads in a duffel bag. But it, it took a little bit more intelligence, I think, than the typical, uh, you know, the typical morning zoo. I mean, if you've watched shows like Parks and Rec, you know, uh, The Douche, you know, that, that kind of thing, uh, those kind of shows, uh, they're, they're just all, you know, fart jokes and all that kind of stuff. Brandmeier was a little bit more refined, not always, but it was refined enough to where there was some intelligence behind it. And that bit with the cab just absolutely knocked my socks off. But here's a little clip of Johnny B, just to give you an idea of the style and what he sounded like. Not necessarily the best bit I've ever heard, but here's Johnny B and Buzz talking about what Buzz would do on a deserted island. Can I ask you a question? Please. If your lady asked you this question, how would you answer this question? You have a choice. You can go to a deserted island alone, and at the end of one year, you're given $1 million. Or you can go to the deserted island for two years with me and receive no money at the end. Which would you choose and why? As much as I like it, Johnny, I don't know if Not I me. a year. Oh. No, would you repeat <laughs> that? The lady. I, oh, the lady. I didn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. alone on a desert <laughs> island with Brad Meyer for you. Just give me a gun and let me shoot myself right now. <laughs> Where are you going? I got to go to an island with Brad Meyer for two years. Oh, my God. Hey, boys, what do you want to do today? Hey, want to do something? Hey, wait a minute. Hey, look at these crazy goats. Hey, boys, hey, how about this? Hey, how about we just act like we're dying all the time? Like we're sharks. Hey, look at the sharks. Hey, boys. All you need to do is buzz. Boom. Oh, God. Well, that would take about three days, actually. Buzz, where are you going? Buzz! All right, never mind, then. I'll play alone. Hey, you be Skipper. I'll be killing you. You, you have to answer the question. All right. Or two it's years, a, a year alone, I get a million. Or two years with the lady. And, and you come what? back and you get nothing. Oh. And nothing? Nothing. <laughs> just well, a, just two years on a desert <laughs> island. Well, I, I'd go for a million dollars a year alone. You'd leave me alone for a year? <laughs> for a million dollars, <laughs> yes. And I'm yeah. second. So there you have it. The original crackpot and buzzkill, Jonathan Brandmeier and Buzz Kilman, two Chicago radio legends in their own right, who uh, have inspired me to want to do this podcasting thing, to try to go out there and be entertaining and to uh, uh, make people laugh, kind of, uh, you know, have, have a little bit of fun with the medium and understand that it doesn't have to be serious all the time. You don't have to be pissed off all the time. You can have a little bit of fun. And, uh, and I thank Jonathan Brandmeier for the inspiration on that. And really for all of the, all of the entertainment that he's provided over the years, all of the songs. I mean, there's a lot of songs that are still relevant today as they were 20 some odd years ago. Like we're all crazy in Chicago. And it was always fun to see Johnny B live. Like I said, he had the big leisure suit band, horn section, great band going out, just having fun with the whole uh, crazy people in Chicago that really enjoyed his kind of humor and his kind of entertainment. So 
that was a little lesson on who Jonathan Brandmeier is, who inspired me to be doing a podcast, who you know Agenda listeners had been hearing now for months and years without even realizing who that guy was, Crackpot and Buzzkill, Jonathan Brandmeier, and exactly where those names came from for Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak. That's the Jonathan Brandmeier connection. So we hope you like what you're hearing here on the Random Thoughts podcast. Again, that's R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com and Random Podcast at Twitter. And you can also follow me, Darren O'Neill, on Twitter and all those other good things. And you can email us at randomthoughtspodcast at gmail. Let us know what you like, what you don't, what we're doing good, and really where we're sucking it up. Because I'm sure we have to be sucking it up at somewhere. Thanks to everybody who said that I have a voice made for radio. I appreciate it. I'll take it as much more of a compliment than my wife, who assures me that I definitely have the face made for radio. Thanks, honey. Until next time, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening. <laughs>